This is a WTOP original podcast. Welcome to another episode of The Vine Guy. I'm your host, Scott Greenberg. I have the pleasure of being on the road this week, and I'm currently in Napa Valley at Ellers Vineyard just outside St. Helena, which I have to say I'm very excited about. And what I'm very, very excited about is I have the pleasure of interviewing the winemaker for Ellers, Laura Diaz Munoz? Yes, you said it right. <laughs> oh, good, I got that right. Yes, 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 I know. It's a little bit hard to pronounce That's um, wonderful. my name. <laughs> well, thank you for having me here today. This is a beautiful well, property. Well, thank you for, for visiting uh, on a gorgeous day, actually. For yes, it is. It was know. very rainy and gloomy when I left San Francisco this morning. Mm-hmm. And then driving up, it gradually got sunnier and warmer and warmer and sunnier. And then driving through San Elena, the clouds parted. Yeah. And here I am. This time of the year is always raining, but towards these hours, it's kind of yeah. like the sky open and this sun, it just makes... The vineyards look gorgeous. It is. Uh, and, and it's I my have favorite to, time of the year. I have to say, I'm going to set the setting for our listeners. That we are in this beautiful home overlooking the vineyards here at Ellers. And I have to say, with the and is that the new winery? Is that a winery with the, the color panels in the background? Yeah, well, that's the tank room, um, the fermentation tank room. And um, that was built in 2006. So it's relatively... New. Yeah. I love the colors. But it's very modern, yeah. The yeah. It contrasts with the stone building, the old barn that is our tasting room. Um, so it's kind of like new, modern versus historical and old. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And I will also say that I love the mosaic on the side of the building and com- compared and contrast with the windows right next to it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, so I don't know if you know much about Ehlers, but Ehlers was purchased uh, in the 2000s by the Leduc couple. They were um, Jean and Sylvain Leduc. They were French. Um, well, the name like Leduc. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> uh, we have a wine called Leduc and a rosé called Sylvain because she, she was the owner. And she was actually the one designing that building. And the E, the letter E from Ehlers, uh, it comes from the, their connection with a foundation that they built in well, they, they decided to create this foundation, I think, in the 1980s, 1990s. And is, that's why it has it has a heart in the oh, E. Oh, it does. It's a, shape. Yeah, the heart is on its side yes. in, and, and forms the inside of the E. Mm-hmm. We'll so, have to take a picture of that later and make sure it gets it's on a the gorgeous, website. It's a gorgeous logo. So that's um, because uh, the foundation that they created is the Leduc Foundation, which is very known in their field for uh, cardiovascular and neurovascular research. That's yeah. what they it's a trust that they normally, what they do is just fund uh, these kind of projects and research and networkings, all to promote cardiovascular and neurovascular research. And we will get into that because I do mm-hmm. think that's important to touch on. But let's first talk about your, so here you are, you're, you're at Ellers. You've been here since 2018. Uh-huh. Yes. So relatively new. Yes. About mm-hmm. what, uh, 18 months now? I uh, Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So tell me. <laughs> You know, how did you get started in wine? Where did you start originally? Well, um, I, you know, I, I'm from Madrid originally in Spain. Yeah. Uh, that's why I have this lovely accent. <laughs> I had noticed. Uh, and I kind of, you know, I've been, I've been in the U.S. for almost 12, 13 years now, and I will keep this accent. It's just... 
part of me. But I'm from Madrid and, you know, my family is not connected to any winery. They never, really? you know, they were never connected to this, the wine industry. They did actually very different things. Um, I just, you know, from an early age, I enjoy wine and food. Uh, my father loved to serve glasses of wine with me when I was uh, young and I I don't know I just I just I have memories of serving wine with him and it, that's what I love about about mm-hmm. wine the science the 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 memories that it creates of the, the feelings it's just so I I remember that and I always love science so all my background, uh, all my studies are in biology and uh, food and science technology. And that brought me to have an experience on a winery. I, I love the wine. I love the experience that I have. And I decided to, to follow this path. So did you learn winemaking or the science of winemaking in Spain or in the United States? In Spain. In Spain. Spain. I actually attended uh, a master in enology and viticulture over there and then I worked for two or three years before I decided to start traveling and work and I work in New Zealand I came here for a while and then went to Chile uh, you know I travel a little bit before yeah. um, most winemakers do yeah mm-hmm. that's not unusual yeah it's very fun it's very fun yeah, <laughs> when you're young of, and right? you know meeting other <laughs> winemakers that um I think it's a great experience, actually, to travel um, and knowing more about other wine regions and wine techniques. But I came to U.S., uh, to Napa, in 2007. I've been here all that time, and and I started working at Ehlers in 2018. Yeah. And when was your what was your first U- United States job when you first came to the United States? Yeah, so I, I spent all my time before Ehlers at Cardinal, Locoya, La Jota, Mambrave, working with uh, the winemaker, the head okay. winemaker for those brands. Um, and I spent all my time Jackson working Jackson family there. brands, mm-hmm. right? Though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Hyatt Jackson family. Yeah, I was very spoiled, very nice right. wines, right. I- awesome vineyards. Um, I mean, it was an awesome experience. I was able... That was your first job in the United States. Yes. Wow. I mean, so after that... <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I can't yeah. complain. Uh, You're a little I, spoiled. I was very fortunate to have that experience to work with amazing people and amazing wines. And um, I mean, that's that's mostly where I learned about winemaking. Okay. I decided... Well, I, I actually, with Jackson Family Wines, um, made the wine gallery. I started sure. that brand for oh, them, okay. and that was a lot of fun. Starting a brand from scratch, you know, it was it was an amazing opportunity. So now I'm in Ellers, and I, I, I mean, I knew about this place for a long time. It's a very small winery um, up in the valley. It's a very historical site known by its hospitality. Right. The wines are beautiful, are very, are very unique. And I thought, I mean, it's a, it's a great opportunity. And I'm managing all aspects of the property, from operations to sales to vineyards and wine. So you're, uh, so it's very, you're in charge. You're uh, the I, one. Kind, yes. That's cool. <laughs> well, um, we still have some owners that yeah, are well, amazing course, and support yes. me. And, you know, they... They are letting me, you know, express myself in the wines and in my farming. And yeah, I'm loving it so far. (laughs) So Laura, I have to say that until actually, I mean, I'd heard of Ellers before and I'd had Ellers wines before, but until coming here, I didn't know where Ellers was. And it's interesting because I feel like I've left St. Helena 
but I'm not quite yet in Calistoga. Yeah. We're, we're right off 29. So mm-hmm. for people who don't know Napa Valley, 29 is the main highway that runs through through the valley. Yeah. And I feel like I'm kind of on this interesting cusp between Santa Elena and Calistoga. It's, it's, it's very, is that true? It's very unique because I... we're so close to the highway, but we are kind of like hidden. It's like a hidden gem. Hidden. I always say that this is a hidden gem that only few know, and and we love it this way. Um, it's very quiet here, but we are very close to the CIA in um, Santa Helena. Yes, we have okay. to say what the CIA is. Because I'm from Washington, D.C., and the CIA means something very different to us. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So it's the Culinary Institute of America. Right. I mean, amazing place. And we are close to Charles Crook and amazing historical producers and wine. And um, it's very unique. We are in the narrowest point of the ballet. Really? Right here? Uh, It's the narrowest. Is that? Okay. Very close to both uh, mountain ranges. Um, So it's very unique in the climate. I, I was very surprised when I started working here. It's very warm. But nights are really cold, so it's kind of like we suck all the cold air from the valley, from from the bay, uh, comes here, and then it's the first uh, area that uh, that, uh, lives without fog. So So we have a really nice sun exposure. Um, It's very unique. It's very unique. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. You get the warmth of Calistoga and sort of the cooling effect of, say, Oaknall, right? Yeah. Um, And um, these soils, so we we have 40 acres planted around the property, and we have like five different soil types. Five? Um, Yeah. So it's it's, it's a lot of rocks, very rocky soils. Okay. Some areas are very shallow, like very not not very deep soil. Shallow, so right? okay. it's it's been very interesting for just a year. I it's, it's very unique. I never worked with a site like that. So is it um, so alluvial or it's... some areas are alluvial. Okay. Others we actually this block over here on the right um, that is yeah, behind this guest can't. house. I know. <laughs> well, I know. They can't see I'm you. Just talking to you. <laughs> <Typical> <laughs> Spanish. You, you, you yes. talk with your head. I mean, I, I'm just talking. I'm having this conversation <laughs> with you. Um, yes. It has um, volcanic origin. It actually has a lot of that too far from Howell Mountain that okay. I'm so familiar working uh, over there for many years so it's, uh, to me it's, it's very interesting it's, it's, it's putting me into challenge it's a challenge for me to farm it but I'm, I'm loving it I'm learning a lot so wh- tell me about your farming techniques if it, it, I understand that you're doing some experimenting here with, with farming Tell me about your farming Well, techniques. I mean, experimenting. I'm, I'm trying to understand the side. Um, I'm a person that I'm, you know, like I pay attention to the temperatures at any time of the day, any time of the, of the month, how the, the vines are responding, how different soils um, and the orientation of the rows. So I've been doing a lot of uh, working with uh, shade nets. Uh, different color shade nets. I, I have some experience uh, previously working at with gallery and and even in Spain. So I'm just trying to um, explore how ripeness uh, goes here. Uh, doing a little bit of sp- experimentation with different irrigation programs and okay. kind of like you know having fun. <laughs> having fun, yeah. And so on forty acres, you can uh-huh. have a lot of fun. Yeah. Tell me what kind of vari- varieties you're growing here. So it's all Bordeaux varietals. Uh, okay. We have Cabernet Sauvignon mostly, but Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Sauvignon Blanc, and Petit Verdot. Okay. Um, Any Malbec? No. No, no Malbec. No. No. I might I might replant 
a little bit. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, and do you actually make a Bordeaux blend style wine? We, we do, yeah. Okay. Our portrait, uh, we call it portrait because it's kind of like representation of the side. Um, we, we, we do a blend. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in your winemaking, uh, you know, I did, I noticed this beautiful, like we've already referred to this beautiful structure. Are you using, uh, I noticed that concrete has become very popular here in the, in the valley recently. I love concrete. I, I, now, in Europe, it's been there mm-hmm. for, for generations. But here in the United States, the concrete's relatively new. It's just very interesting how winemaking has evolved from and many, many years. <laughs> and evolved. And going back to what it used to work, you right. know, and make wines more authentic to the side and more respectful to the place. Uh, and I think that concrete allows you to do that. I worked with concrete for many, many years with Sauvignon Blanc and Riesling, mostly with whites, probably starting working with it for Cabernet Franc. Uh, I'm, I'm very particular about fermenting and making wine based on soup. Um, I, will, I don't know how to explain it, but soup um, areas in different blocks. So I, I just look at a block, taste by profile, by by, um, by a profile of aromas and, and flavors. And I normally pick different sides of a block at different times and I try to ferment. So what I did when I came here in 2018, I just got rid of the, sm- the big tanks and I bought n- smaller tanks. So more looking into fermentation doing m- micro-fermentation. Okay. Right. <laughs> so for people who may not be listening to the podcast, may not be familiar with blocks. I mean, you and mm-hmm. I, of course... You know, I, sometimes we get into wine speak, and I want to make sure that uh, I don't leave anybody behind. But blocks are really just smaller parcels, huh? it literally block off in a vineyard. So you may designate a you know four or five rows and go a little bit deeper into the vineyard on those rows, and that's a block mm-hmm. in your vineyard. Yeah, correct? here we have for forty acres, we have five big blocks that are separated by um, different soils. Uh-huh. But then we have, each block is divided in some cases in five, in six, or in seven. And then on top of that, oh, no. <laughs> I like to differentiate by like east exposure, north exposure. Like, you know, like I, I you know, I, I make it very complicated. Okay, so I, I, I'm <laughs> almost it's... afraid to ask this question, but how many micro blocks would you guess you have on 40 acres here? Uh, I, I mean, I've been for many like 35 different wow. uh, lots. So wow. Wow. You're like a mad scientist. <laughs> I mean, well, not I, a mad I, scientist, I, but maybe a mad genius. I love what I, what I do. I just enjoy uh, to learn every, every, something every year. Like I need to, to get that. Yeah. I even from a small site. So that's why right now I'm having so much fun on, you know, on getting to know the place and, and trying to make better wine and, you know, think about my options. So mm-hmm. so I know that you say you love this, but I heard through the grapevine, pun intended, <laughs> that you um, are passionate about Sauvignon Blanc. I love Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's very interesting. Like- it's just Sauvignon Blanc is, is a varietal that it has followed me wherever I <laughs> went in, in my career. Maybe I, you should get a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> I totally know because I, I, you love Sauvignon Blanc. I love Sauvignon Blanc. Um, when I started working in Spain, randomly we were, we were making Sauvignon Blanc and we were actually blending it with Verdejo. I was making a really? blend Sauvignon Blanc Verdejo. It was an amazing wine. It was very, very, very uh, cool blend uh, in La Mancha. 
go figure a very right. warm right. pretty warm area. so you know that allows me to that allowed me to understand how and i did a lot of experimentation there then i i had some experience i made san sauvignon blanc in new zealand uh i make san sauvignon right. blanc in chile and then when I, I was working at Cardinal, we weren't making a, any white there. And, and we decided to start with Sauvignon Blanc. And, you know, they appointed me like, okay, you are going to be in charge of Sauvignon Blanc, Laura. So that's, that's, it has been following me. I had a, I've been fortunate to work with very nice vineyards with this varietal. And what are you doing with Sauvignon Blanc here at Ellers? Uh, Anything different than you've done before? I used I, I always used to love Eller Sauvignon Blanc before. Actually, when I started working in the Valley, I came to talk to the, the winemaker who made the wines before here at Eller's a um, long time ago. I would say like six or seven years ago when I started making gallery and I actually came to pick his brain. Uh, I really like the side. I think it rides properly, but um, the soils actually allow a very vigorous canopy. And I think that's important for Sauvignon Blanc because shade actually um, keeps that acidity and those aromas that are so unique to Sauvignon Blanc. Not kind of like the green character. It still is green, right, but right. more like riper. Right. Um, uh, so, I mean, I try to enhance the, the, the characteristics of this side. So I'm not trying to hide it, but it's true that Sauvignon Blanc, I, I like that acidity. I like to create more complexity in the cellar, working with leaves, batonas, so, okay. with concrete, a little bit of new oak, used oak. Really? You know, okay. like I, I do a lot of dividing in different lots and fermenting in different vessels uh, just to express as much as possible of that varietal. And then when I combine it in the blend, it's more complex. Wow. That's so that's really where the art, though, comes in, is in the blending. I think it's understanding the side and trying to be very careful with the farming, especially with the canopy and, you know, the needs of that varietal. Right. And then after that, it's just playing in the cellar with with the potential of the Fun. aromas and the mouthfeels. And <laughs> Listen, if I'm ever around when you're doing blending day, I would love to be a fly on that wall for Sauvignon Blanc, please. I, I um, noticed that the Sauvignon Blanc styles here much lean much more towards the tropical fruit uh, versus in New Zealand, where you had mm -hmm. some experience where they're more towards the green cut grass, the green hay. I think um, it's a combination of the different clones that are used in California that has a big impact on that those notes of aromas. Right. Also, the warmer areas, the the soils less acidic or more acidic, sure. that also has an impact. So it's a combination of different factors. Um, that's why we always talk about terroir. We cannot deny terroir. It's, it's an expression of, of that it happens and uh, comes out with our wine. And again, terroir is uh, a, a definition of the land and climate together. Mm -hmm. it's the, the terroir is a place. It's a place. And what it represents. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I like to talk about wines of place. As winemakers, we, I think we have a duty to, to try to express the place, the vineyard. Um, in the wines, independently of what varietal we're working with. But did you know that your nickname is Sauvignon Blanc Queen? Uh, did you know no. this? <laughs> no, I didn't yeah, know I did that. a little research and they, no, they actually I call actually, you I actually, the Sauvignon Blanc Queen of Napa. I never I never thought that I was uh, that. But, yes, uh, you're royalty. I actually, I actually you know, I, I know of other winemakers that make amazing Sauvignon Blancs and I always thought, and they are, they, it happens that they are female winemakers, so I well, I, the I actually admire, and yeah. they make amazing Sauvignon Blancs. Yeah. Yeah. So. My wife is convinced that, that women are just better winemakers because they're more patient. 
Uh, we used to raise I don't know children. about that. I'm not that patient. Oh, you're not <laughs> I'm not. Cat, I maybe I'm making that's true. So uh, here we are again, this beautiful. And by the way, I do see that you brought a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc for us to try. So we are going to get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But before we do, I have to say that when I drove up, my first impression of you know coming up and looking at that old stone building and this just this beautiful vineyard site was wow. Tell me about your hospitality program. I, I want people to come here and see this. Yeah, yeah, we have a, an amazing. The tasting is such a beautiful, a small space. Is that barn or that old building? The stone yeah. building was built in 1886. It's one of the first wineries that was around uh, in Napa. And we kept the structure. It's still exactly the wow. same. Um, many winemakers, after Bernadelles, make wine there. You can actually see around the uh, around the barn still the drains where you know the tanks were normally outside, and that building was used as a barrel room. It's it's very it's very unique. You go inside and you know that you're part of the history of the valley. Wow. At, at least I, that's what I felt first time I, I came in. My team, I have an amazing team. You do. Um, you do. We, I, we are very careful about any kind of guests that cross those doors. They feel special that they we spend quite a bit of time with them, touring around, talking to them. We we want to think that everybody that comes to us can become a friend. So we we we, we just room. take care of of making sure that the experience is. Is worth. So I just walked in. When I walked in, Matt came running up to me and just <laughs> and said, "Hey, welcome!" You know, what? And he didn't know I was here to meet you. And he was just was so nice. I felt like actually not telling him who I was, <laughs> just sitting down and having a glass of wine. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Because it was yeah. just a very warm and charming experience. So yeah. I encourage everybody listening to the podcast if you find yourself in Napa Valley. Come on up, go a little bit uh, outside of San Elena on your way to Calistoga, hang a right and Ellers Lane. Trust me, you're going to be richly rewarded for that. So just now, before we get into our tasting portion, if you could literally just spend a minute or two on the Ellers, the foundation hmm. that, uh, because it's very unique that the winery is actually owned by a trust. Do I have that? Yes. Correct. So yes, it's part of a trust that the Leduc uh, founded many years ago. They were a very successful couple. They have businesses in France and in US, and they they didn't have children. Actually, Jean Leduc had some heart issues, but he never passed. He didn't pass away because of it. He they just when you know they decided kind of like to retire. They decided to create a foundation or a trust where all. After selling all their businesses, they wanted to be sure that their money would go and be to do a, a good cause or for a good cause. And, you know, they just partnered with some good friends that they were doctors and um, they decided to create this kind of what it does is every year donates or funds different kind of like networks of uh, cardiovascular and neurovascular research. There are like two main committees uh, made by seven scientists that are American and seven scientists from Europe. And what they tried is to connect uh, any kind of institute or um, uh, organization that are doing any kind of research towards vas- cardiovascular and neurovascular areas. And what they do is to fund kind of like the late stages of those research. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's very easy or, well, relatively easy to get funding for early stages of a research, but not towards the end when it's normally when they need a little bit more money to actually put those projects um, or make them commercial or 
make the Natalie happen. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very it's very interesting. It's very it's very amazing what they do, and it's actually putting in connection a lot of doctors and researchers from all over the world and and making good things. So my uh, the motto of the Vine Guy podcast is do good, drink well, and when you have a bottle yeah. of Ellers, you're doing both, right? <laughs> doing yeah, good exactly. and drinking well. I mean, we are very a small portion of of this foundation. I mean, but still, um, uh, yeah, and near and dear to my heart. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but I started a uh, a wine fundraiser back in 1999. It's become very popular. I was the founding chairman of something called. Hearts Delight in Washington D.C. I'm very proud I, of it. And you were all you, were are, you the one? I am the one. I, I'm, I'm going. I, this you year. are coming this yes, year. Yes, yes. And I was I'm very, so uh, I was very instrumental in making sure that you all uh, were going to be in Washington D.C. for this. So I will see you at that event. Okay. This is just yes, the first of our meetings. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my event, <laughs> and so I'm very excited that you're going to be there and that Ellers is going to be participating in Hearts Delight this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, we support. In May, we'll do a little. We'll probably do a podcast just on Heart's Light, which mm-hmm. I'm very excited about. I mean, heart disease is the main cause of death in the world, so... It's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so now, mm-hmm. Laura, we've come to that portion, my favorite portion of the podcast, where we actually get to uh, maybe taste the fruits of your labor, so... <laughs> All right. Okay. I know. So tell me about... It's a Sauvignon Blanc. I'm very excited. Yes. Your Highness. <laughs> trying the Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, okay. You really so, didn't know that that's, they call you the, the no, Sauvignon Blanc no, Queen. No, yeah. no. I mean, All right. <laughs> so so this, this is a 2018 Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Uh, so this is my first vintage. And this is um, the estate. This this is estate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's just got a beautiful, that tropical fruit nose. Getting even a little bit of pineapple uh, mm-hmm. uh, on it, there. It has a little bit of that. We have two blocks um, in the property. They have actually very, they're very different. So um, I try to ferment it mm-hmm. separately and treat them differently. I do a lot of batonnage and work with okay. the leaves. So batonnage is the steering of the leaves right. after fermentation. So... In the this, barrel or in the tank? I do barrel and I do tank. Um, you said you're also using new oak with this? Not in this one. Okay. Uh, in 2018, I would just, you know, I started working in July, so I didn't have time to to select oak. But um, I, I'm doing it moving forward. I did it with 2019, mm-hmm. and I use a con- concrete egg as well. Um, You'll have to bring that to D.C. We <laughs> taste it at Heart's Delight. I, I will, yes. And... Um, but I like the word with Lise and Sauvignon Blanc. And Sauvignon Blanc is a varietal that uh, is very acidic, it's very fresh, very crispy. But uh, I also like to enhance the palate with a little bit of creaminess that normally the Lise... I was just going to say that. I literally was just going to say, you know, I typically associate with Sauvignon Blanc with sort of that lip-smacking, teeth-rattling acidity. But this has a more round feel to me in a, in a wonderful way. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's a very well-crafted wine. And while the fruit is certainly up front and center in this wine, the fruits that you would expect, uh, you know, the tropical fruit, a little bit, again, of that pineapple, uh, maybe guava. I'm kind of getting a guava lift in in the Mm -hmm. mid-palate on this wine, which I really like. But it's, in the end, it's not getting that acidity that smacks you in the face. It's kind of got the acidity that gets you in the cheeks. Yes. Uh Right? Yes. So it fills your palate. Right. And if feels acidic, but it is not aggressive. It's not. Yeah. That's, I, that's I would love to have this with Dungeness crap. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this would just be brilliant, or maybe grilled oysters. Yeah, right. I mean, with anything is smoky. I actually yeah. like my Sauvignon Blancs with uh, pork or with meat. Anything that is a smoke in there is actually the fat cuts with the acidity, and normally yeah. maybe like it's a nice. smoked chicken. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. might be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> smoked salmon. Smoked salmon. I think I just again, I think this would be great with grilled oysters with maybe a little. Crumbled bacon on top. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you, maybe we should just go out to dinner with these. That That is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So, and the second wine that you have for us today. So this is the Cabernet Franc uh, 2017. So this wine, I didn't make it, but I, I made the blend. Um, so when I... I 2017 Cabernet. 2017 Cabernet Franc. Franc. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've been taking care of this wine for almost a year, and I made the blend. I think the Cabernet Franc is a beautiful expression coming from this uh, this site specifically. Um, I mean, it's one of our most popular wines. Uh, very distinctive. It's very elegant, very classic Cabernet Franc. Wow. The nose. I feel like I'm actually in, in France mm-hmm. smelling this Cabernet Franc. It's very terroir-driven. There's a lot of flower, uh, floral notes, a lot of lavender, violets. It's very, it's very Cabernet Franc. It is very Cabernet Franc. It's, it's not made it's, as a Cabernet Franc. For me, this is reminding me more of a Loire Valley Cabernet Franc. Mm-hmm. Yes, than, we, than, we get that um, a lot. A Bordeaux-style Cabernet Franc. It seems to have, uh, and I haven't tasted it yet, it's an elegant nose. Cranberry, pomegranate, dark fruit. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been babysitting this wine. <laughs> I've been babysitting it, and I'm very proud of the blend. And yes, wow. it's an amazing. That is a lovely. And we we have. And when from... you say blend, is it 100 percent Cabernet Franc? Or... It's 100 percent Cabernet Franc. Yeah, but the blend but different... is from different blocks, mm-hmm. right? We have okay. uh, five different blocks of Cabernet Franc in the property. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Laura, well done. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an well, absolute you. pleasure. And that'll do it for this episode of The Vine Guy, a WTOP news podcast. Thank you for joining me today, Laura. It's been uh, absolutely wonderful. And for those who were, need a little refresher on what we had today, it's the 2018 Ellers Estate Sauvignon Blanc and the 2017 Ellers Estate Cabernet Franc. And I have to say, they are both absolutely delicious. Thank you for joining me on this special on-the-road episode of The Vine Guy. This episode was produced by Sarah Beth Hensley. The music you heard is Wishful Thinking by Dan Leibowitz, available in the YouTube audio library. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and catch my Wine of the Week segments every Friday on WTOP and WTOP.com.